All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host back from vacation, back from Disneyland, back from a week of Florida where you probably got COVID 32 times. Um, yeah, job. Back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, I'm excited back. Um, I mean, granted, last week was way too much fun to not have to worry about work, not have to worry, not even have to worry about the Texans. Just, you know, 100%. go to Disney World, worry about COVID, but that is what it is. And granted, I mean, Disney, they're so strict. I mean, you feel safe the entire time you're there. Yeah, so it was it wasn't. Yeah, it was an awesome time. It was. Uh, how was it outside of Disney in Florida? <laughs> I I don't know why. Why would you go outside of Disney? <laughs> oh, you guys stayed at the hotel inside. We stayed at a we yeah we stayed at a resort. I mean, we ate at Disney. We did we we they, I mean they locked us up. So you were there for a whole week. We were there for a whole week. Oh um, my God, that's a lot of Disney. Supposed to, it, it, but it was it's almost not it. So they've got it figured out. So we had five five park or five days the five day park pass. Yep. Each park, when I was a little kid, I remember you could do the entire park in a day. Now, to do a park, it seems like you need a day and a half. Because even though we were there for five days, we went to the Magic Kingdom twice and to the other parks each for a whole day, it still feels like we we missed quite a bit. Like, I can't, I cannot wait to go back. And Jack just had so much fun. Like, he's just at that age where he thinks all of it's real. So he was just like, like slack jawed, like waving at everybody, clapping yelling at him to say hi. I, it was the coolest thing. And then that little Star Wars area, like the uh, yeah, the Galaxy Edge. Like, dude, that that place is just insane. I don't even so know I've, how else to put it. That's just insane. I've never been to Florida. Um, I'm, I'm just not a Florida guy. Uh, I've only – and I'm also biased for anything California, so I'm going to just <laughs> always say that no matter what it is, if we have it, if somebody else has it, it's going to be better in California. So I'm – I'm a hardcore Disneyland guy. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think Disneyland's better than Disney World. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, between, like, the Animal, Animal Kingdom and Epcot, and then, like, my understanding is Disneyland is the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. Like, there's just so much more. Um, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but... I mean, that's just my understanding because I've never been to Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, I hear Disney World is massive compared to Disneyland. Um, so, you know, maybe that's something we'll do. I know it's the 50th year anniversary for California Disneyland, so we'll be going there for Thanksgiving. But um, I don't know. I'll have to put it on there as a, something to go check out for sure. I try to avoid Florida at any any way I can. So Yeah. Well, my what I'm going to start saving for now um, – is that they have that that inclusive Star Wars hotel thing? I, I've got to find the link for it. But you essentially they essentially said that you're like staying on like a Star Cruiser or something. Like you like it's fully immersive. Like in you walk Florida? in and you interact. Yeah, in Florida, like they hmm. just they're they're either opening it soon or they just opened it, and it looks absolutely amazing. However, the kid has seven years old to do it. So saving up two years, I'd like to do that with him because um, he's also old enough to get a lightsaber at that point. So yeah. that's kind of kind of my goal because that, that, that just looks absolutely badass. I don't know if they're doing that in, 
in California or not. That's that's my new goal. I can tell you that the the building of a lightsaber is worth every single penny and the experience that they give those kids is probably something that no kid will ever 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 forget it'll be something they talk to their kids about it's just an incredible experience it's expensive but it's well worth it that's how building the little droid was and then you take that droid around and it interacts while you're at the park it beeps and it 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 will just like randomly like it beeps and it'll like start motioning in directions to go towards the other attractions and then if somebody else has one they talk to each other and then you can take them on the rides so i mean yeah like if the droid is that good i can just only imagine what the lightsaber is like because that's twice as much to do yeah and if my i mean honestly if my if my little boy was old enough to do the lightsaber we, we would have done lightsaber but he was well, only old enough to do the droid it's crazy because uh uh, we went the week that Star Wars Land opened in California, and I didn't know you had to make a reservation to do the lightsaber. So I just went expecting, like, all right, pop in. Like, I didn't expect it to be what it was. Luckily, we got the last reservation of the night at 12 o'clock. We got there at, like, 8 a.m., and we – so my little Parker, little seven-year-old at the time, just powered through made it all the way to 12 to be able to do the lightsaber. <laughs> Uh, but That's it was awesome. amazing. It was amazing. Um, well, good. I'm glad you're back. Uh, we have uh, we have Texans football this week against the Buffalo Bills, um, and there seems to be there seems to be some things going on with the Texans that I, I think, and I might be overstating it. I think Texans fans might have some potential hope and a glimpse into the future of Houston Texans football. Now, why are you going to say something like that? Based off of what I saw, I don't <laughs> I don't think there's a reason to think that Davis Mills is not going to get better. You know, here's the thing. Davis Mills, he is creating this the biggest divide I've seen on, on Twitter. Either you're all in that he's going to be something or you're all in that he's not going to be anything. And this isn't like, people aren't even arguing about like his physical abilities or his traits or anything like that. It just, whether or not he's the second coming of Tom Savage or the second coming of, I don't know, Kirk cousins, like no one's expecting him to be a superstar, but that seems to be the argument where is he going to be a quality NFL quarterback or is he going to be not and it's absolutely amazing how there how there's a divide. There's not very many people that are being very political about it. Even the people that are trying to be political about it, and when I say political, trying to hedge their bets like you know I always do. <laughs> um, but even the people that tr- are doing it have kind of hedged themselves into one one camp or the other. And it's just surprising to me because I think we've been so burned by all these other project quarterbacks i mean i don't i mean pat pat storm is just saying you gotta argue about something and i think that might be part of it but i think the other part of it is just how often we've been burned by these guys that we're going to turn into quality quality starters i mean mills he's a better physical like physically like he has the physical tools um than a lot of quarterbacks that are starting currently in the nfl it's will it click between his ears and 
the point that you've made is he has a season and a half of college football. He doesn't have a lot of games under underneath underneath his belt. He's been hurt. Um, and then he could have stayed for another year. He left early. He, he needs to play. But you saw a couple of throws from him that, that were pretty impressive. And the thing that is actually impressive to me is when he messes up or when he gets sacked, like he doesn't go into a funk. So for me, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of hope. Um, maybe. Here's where I think like the divide started to begin with. And if you notice, it's always it's it's all the same people, right? So draft night rolled around, third round comes up, Nick Casario is about to make his first pick, and who does he pick? Pick. He picks quarterback Davis Mills out of Stanford. And everybody that hated that pick because they thought that there was another player that they could have grabbed at that at that part of the draft that to be an impact player uh, wasn't taken. So therefore, one, that pick's already trashed to those guys. You're taking a developmental guy, 11 games start, 11 starts in college, ha- hasn't shown enough to really be drafted right now. There was Kellen Munn and, and Kyle Trask, you know, beforehand. The, the story was those are his guys, uh, Nick's guys, blah, blah, blah. So if you look, the people who are, are somewhat more on the side of Mills isn't going to be anything. It's those same people that just can't believe that Nick took a quarterback. Um, and those same people are also the same type of people that if Davis Mills ends up being good, they'll never say it. They're the guys that say he's trash. He shouldn't have been so, he, he, you know, he should have been drafted, not enough uh, tape. There's no, you know, we, we don't expect him to develop all those things. Now they also double down on the fact that he can't be a good quarterback, right? So those guys are standing on basically two ledges at the same time. And so they have to stick to it. They, they really have no choice. They have to stick to it. So they're going to continue down that path. Then you have the guys that like me, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of who else, uh, Blake Marshall, who wrote a, a beautiful piece. I gave him the idea of the rebound guy. Uh, he took that article and ran on Toro Times. Um, I just gave him the idea. He put it together, and he did an amazing job. It's a really good article. I think it's very hard for most of the fan base to accept Davis Mills because you're coming off of a top-five quarterback, right? That's never going to play for you again. So, therefore, he is the rebound guy. There's going to be some resentment in the sense that, uh, you know, he'll never be Deshaun Watson. He'll always live in Deshaun Watson's shadow, um, and that's unfair too, because Deshaun was a top 12, 13 pick in the, uh, first round coming out of Clemson, won a national championship. Uh, Davis Mills is 11 starts in the college and is definitely a, a project, right? Um, and so I think a lot of the fan base is just wrestling with those facts as well. It's just, they're, they're having to compare to Deshaun which is what we have to compare to. We waited so long to have the franchise quarterback and then all the stories that have happened and then, you know, the civil cases and everything else. And so now you add to the fact another quarterback has stepped in and he's a guy we drafted and against the number one defense in the league, he actually looked okay. Like the whole, the whole, the whole first half, 
I was just, why are we running so much? Why are we like, we have nothing to lose by letting this guy rip it. There, there, nothing. We, we literally lose nothing. We're not running against this team. The team hasn't given up over 50 yards rushing in three games. So like, why are we doing this? We, we basically were just and, and David Coley said it best. They were protecting him. They didn't want to overload him. They wanted him to have a, a, a smoother first start and start to take the training wheels off as the weeks continue. But then he showed that he's able to handle more things than what people expected. And uh, there, he, he had some really beautiful throws in that game. Um, and Brandon Cooks, look, Brandon Cooks is a, is a baller, man. Like, Brandon Cooks is – First of all, I didn't know he was 26, which is just wild. Yeah. Uh, Extremely (laughs) wild. Um, He shouldn't be 26. It's almost like he is, like, living dog years. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, Davis Mills against Carolina looked like a guy that you could potentially develop. Into what? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I, I do see traits. I do think see the one thing is that he does get better. Like that two minute drive was not something that you see a lot of rookie quarterbacks be able to handle at the end of a half. And honestly, I guarantee you, if you put that drive, that one drive and compare it to every other rookie quarterback who has started this year and find their best drive. I guarantee you that Davis Mills drive is probably the best one out of all the rookies. Um, he was extremely decisive. He was going through his progressions. He had a feel for the offense. Tim Kelly opened it up. Um, and, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what he is. But I think he's shown enough to where in that game that we could start to open it up a little bit more and see what else he can handle. Um, he's got the arm strength. Um, he has enough mobility. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm so, Honestly, I'm, I'm more excited to see Davis Mills now than I was – at the before the season started no definitely i mean people forget that he is sneaky athletic like that's where the tom savage um comparisons pull me like they don't work like (laughs) it's like you're just throwing out the last mediocre quarterback that the texans had and savage could throw the ball but he was not athletic at all like he at his drop back he literally would walk backwards like Mills, I mean, it's hard to believe, but he had a faster 40 than Deshaun did. This isn't to say he's more athletic. It's just to say that he has some athleticism there. Like, he's not nearly as flexible. He's not, like, as elusive. He doesn't look like a basketball player like Deshaun did. But that's also not a fair comparison. Like, they're just different styles of quarterback. But to call Tom Savage and Davis Mills the same guy, that – that that that's completely not fair like that's just that's the worst comparison and this isn't to say that the mills even ends up having a better career than savage i mean granted savage did he did he ever win a game as a starter the uh, the jaguars game the jaguars game his first start say that again did savage ever win a game as a starter no he won the jaguars game just that one where he made that really good throw. Yeah. Uh, he didn't even win that game. Did he? We beat, we beat the Jaguars out that time. Really? 
So I'm thinking that Tom Savage um, had one win as a starter. Maybe. I don't remember. I try to block out the <laughs> Tom Savage era. So I'm saying that, you know, it's not it's not that hard for for Mills to overcome to overcome that, like win a game. Um, I want to say that he started nine games. So that would mean he would be one and eight, correct? Yep. Okay. Brock Osweiler got the W. Oh, he did. Okay. Won two games. Bengals on Thursday night football in 2016 and the other against Arizona in 27. That Jaguars game in 2016, he came in for Brock. Okay. Thank you so much, bearded zoo guy from Prindium. Um, We need a stat guy. You know, we really do sometimes. Um, but essentially my point is Davis Mills is going to have a better career than winning two games. Like, I think that's a pretty safe bet. To come in, play as a rookie, to not look completely – he looked like a rookie, but he didn't look completely lost. Now, does that mean Mills is the Q- – or Eduardo Martinez, he brought it up. He believes that Mills – can be a QB of the team builds around? Maybe. I mean, the Panthers have the number one defense in the NFL currently, and he went and showed out. Or not showed out, but he showed something. And then the Browns just absolutely humiliated Justin Fields. Like, so, I mean, two quality defenses. He played, I don't want to say well, but he played better than you expected against so that's where he's starting from here's where um i i I think look the blitz the the panthers blitzed 57 percent of the game 57 percent of their snaps they were blitzing they got home quite a bit but he was able to adjust quite a bit um and um God, I have somebody texting me right now about a, a house offer. Forgive me. Um, <laughs> I'm so distracted now because I just submitted an offer on a house for somebody. Um, anyways, 57% of the, uh, of the snaps played by the Carolina defense, they sent a blitz to- at Davis Mills. Davis definitely handled it pretty well. I mean, like Jerome pointed out, he took a nasty hit from Reddick uh, and bounced right up as if it was nothing. It was, it was no problem. He's definitely a tough kid. Uh, we just need to be able to see what he can do more on the offense because, um, we, like, the offense he was operating on Thursday night against the Panthers wasn't really uh, much of an offense. I mean, this wasn't, as Jordan calls him, Tim Jelly. This He resorted back to Tim Kelly. That looked exactly like a Bill O'Brien-type offense. Um, and... It looks like Tim Kelly put no thought whatsoever into the um, into the offensive scheme and, and the game plan. It looked like they were just going to try to they were going to establish a run, establish a run, establish a run, establish a run. Run was never established. He was putting a lot of third and longs, 
really wasn't able to do what you would expect him to do because he is a third-round rookie facing the top-tier defense in the NFL. You know, when you're playing behind the sticks on third down, it's going to be very hard to convert on a consistent basis. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it's just – I don't know. I I don't know if this is like one of those games where you can can say either way, to be honest with you. I don't know if you can say – Davis Mills is a guy that you you want to build around, and he's the future, right? You should never say that after a one-game sample size anyways. Um, but we didn't see enough to be able to say, hey, he should be a guy to build around. Um, but we also didn't see enough bad stuff from Mills to say that this guy can't be a developmental guy and can't be any better. Um, it, it wasn't – the game plan didn't really favor Davis Mills. So – he wasn't able to show you what he could potentially be. And on the other hand, he also didn't have the ability to show you what he potentially is going to be, right? So um, I think Buffalo is going to be a really good test to really understand what Davis is going to do, especially if, like Coley says, they open up the offense the way that he says they are. Yeah. I mean, he went 19 for 28 with 160 yards, 68 yards, and ended up with a QB rating of 95.5, which – was far and away the highest QB rating of any of the rookies that played that week, so or this past weekend. So again, what does that mean? Does that mean he's going to end up to be in the best out of the group? No, but does it mean that he was a wasted third round pick? No, it means that he has potential. I still think that kind of the floor with him is he's a quality backup quarterback. He doesn't prevent the Texans from going out and getting somebody. Um, I still think that Casario is hoping that he turns into that backup that just shows enough promise that you flip them for draft picks in a couple of years, just like the, the Patriots did year in, year out. They did it with Hoyer. They did it with uh, Mallet. They did it with um, Garoppolo. Like, that's how they replenished their, their draft picks. They just would back. They draft a backup quarterback. They sat behind Brady, but they continued to draft quarterbacks. And in a few years, they would flip them and get better picks for them. And I think that's the most likely scenario for Mills. And next year they go get, hopefully they get whatever quarterback they want. However, kind of detouring a little bit into that, looking at the college guys that we should supposedly uh, be drafting next year, like the college quarterbacks. I think that one of the theories that was dropped around this past draft is the Texans just don't like any of them like any of the quarterback prospects. I know you don't watch a lot of college uh, football, but none of the guys that were supposed to be the top college quarterbacks in this year's draft, none of them look great. So maybe that's part of it. They just liked Mills better than anybody in this class, and they'll just wait till the, the following year. I mean, I know Spencer Rattler doesn't look good. I know none of the guys look good. The only guy that everybody seems to like right now is Malik Willis. Um, I haven't watched him play so I honestly he, don't he, know. He runs like the Tech Mobo plays. Like they have a playbook of like six plays. Dude's phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. Phenomenal athlete, phenomenal arm. Seems like he's a great kid, great leader. Um, but very, very simple offense. So whatever team he goes to, he's not gonna start as rookie. He just he won't be able to. Um so you know, with where the I mean, there's still a lot of college football left, so you know, no. anybody can Anybody can come out of nowhere. And then not only that, there's always a quarterback that nobody's talking about during the college football season. There's the Blake Bortles of the world that come out of nowhere and end up being a talked about quarterback prospect that has taken 
you know, top five in the NFL draft in the first round. So um, there's a lot of time now between now and the draft, to be honest with you, where I, I really don't think I, I think it's kind of funny when I see people like, oh, this guy's trash and this guy's that and everything else like it, it's a long season. Like, let's let's wait. I think we're in what week four of the college football season. Like, there's still a lot of time to really see what these young quarterbacks. Right. Have and, and I'm, I'm really not trying do. I'm not trying to predict. Oh, we're I gonna take. I I, I'm just I saying, based on what we've seen from these guys, and even a continuation of last year, the Texans. I don't think the Texans are sold on any of them. Now, somebody could rise up, but I think at this point, like there's no one that they're just enthralled with. Like there, uh, there's not the easy quarterback to go for. Yeah, I honestly, and and I, I'm not one to to know. I, I wait and do all of that, you know, during the off season, but. Um, I will say, like, with the Davis Mills, like, you, you develop him and groom him and trade him and flip him like you did, like they did Garoppolo and Hoyer and Mallet and all them. But at the end of the day, like, I, I don't think they actually went into it necessarily. Like, they probably did. They they had Tom Brady, right? So none of those guys were going to be better. Um, but we're in a much different position where we, we don't have a quarterback. So, you know, it, now it's in the you take a chance on a guy, try to develop a guy. If he can be the guy, then you're great. And if not, next year, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, I, I don't think you, I don't think we took Davis Mills with the hope of turning him into Garoppolo, Brian Mallett, or Brian Hoyer and flipping him for picks. I think they took a guy that they liked his intangibles. They like what they did see in the small amount of uh, film that he did have in 11 starts. I think they saw there was things to work with that could potentially help him develop. And if he can, great. And if not, he just ends up being a backup. Um, I, I don't think Nick went into this thinking that he's going to be able to get a pick for Davis Mills. I think it was more or less, we need a quarterback. So best place to start is right here because we don't really have any other option. So let, let's let's throw a needle in the haystack. Maybe we hit. If we do, great. Yeah. And, and if no, we I don't, say that then I, keep it moving. When I say that, I say it as it was a range of outcomes. Like he's a you like we said it post draft, like he's a roulette chip. Like if you hit with him and he's a quality NFL starter, like that saves them so many headaches. Cause we're our offensive line is built for a veteran quarterback. Like we're already halfway there. Um, we do need to replenish our defense and you know, maybe get a couple of skill players. So there's a lot of other holes that if we already if we find a quarterback with a third round pick it's a lot easier to fill those holes and be a lot quicker. However, range of outcomes, I think in his mind, if he's not a starter, then he's a backup, the backup that could be potentially used in the future. Like, I don't think that they take him at that position if he was somebody they considered had a high chance of, of busting. Like, I think that backup, starter, either way, that's what Nick was going in, going in with. Yeah, uh, Chris Otto says avoid Quincy Avery quarterbacks. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is a Quincy Avery quarterback, mm-hmm. by the way, um, and a pretty damn good one if he just knew how to stay healthy. Um, so, yeah, I, and I mean, who's this, what? What if Tyrod somehow comes comes back from this hamstring, continues to play at the level he was? What do you do then? You go year to year with Tyrod until you find the guy. You don't sign up to a long-term extension. I don't think there's one GM in the NFL that would sign um, 
Tyrod Taylor to a long-term extension. You just can't. The guy's never had a well, I'm not saying that you sign, you sign him out a long-term extension, but do you sign him for to be your starter next year? I don't know. It all depends on what you see from Davis Mills between now and when Tyrod comes back. I mean, look, for all we know, I mean, here's the thing. The next two games for Davis are going to be interesting games. The Bills, I think, are 16-and-a-half-point favorites this week, have a great defense, um, and ter- they turned the switch from week one to now. Okay, um, They're back on track. They're the 2020 Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen's back. Defense is back. Like Everything about the Bills is back. Um, and so that's going to be a test. And then you go up against the Patriots. The week after they lose to – Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady, which is likely to happen this Sunday, right? So they're going to have a lot to prove. Plus, we all know Bill Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks and what he does defensively to be able to make rookie quarterbacks just not perform at all. Um, so these two games are going to show a lot. And then you play the Colts, who are just a fucking pure dumpster fire uh, in, in every form or fashion. They are not the team that I expected them to be this year defensively or offensively. I mean, I didn't expect a lot from Carson Wentz, but I thought he could be enough to where that because the defense was going to be so good, I thought that Carson would be enough to be able to have them win the division, maybe win a couple games in the playoffs. But that's not the case for the Indianapolis Colts. They are pure trash in every way. Uh, They can't rush the quarterback. They can't stop the run. They have zero corners. They have zero safety play, like, Iberflus looks overwhelmed. Um, so then you go into the Colts game after the Bills and the Patriots, and you wonder, you know, what all are you going to get from Davis Mills over these next three games? And I think that's like the cherry on top matchup, right? You go against the Bills who have a good defense, a good front, uh, a good defensive coordinator that can mix things up, zone and man. Um and they have a pass rush that can get after the quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see step two of Davis Mills' progression and development. So he should have a much better game than what he did against Carolina. Then you go up against the Patriots where, you know, I honestly don't know what to expect from Davis Mills, all based on Bill Belichick's game plan against rookie quarterbacks. But if he comes out of that game and shows us a little bit more, then you go to the Colts where they have nothing. And, you know, he has an opportunity to really supplant himself as, you know, the starter moving forward. Um this is really like one of those situations where, and I, I, I don't remember if I, when I started talking about it, but I think it was the last time me and you were on, um, where it's kind of like these NFL storylines write themselves, right? Um, no, it wasn't. It was with uh, when I was on the Turnout for Watt podcast. Um, I was telling him, like, it, it really seems like the NFL in the offseason is kind of like a soap opera where they plan <laughs> out the season in a, in a sense. There's little seeds uh-huh. here and there. Where like the, the storylines are, or, yeah, basically, yeah, like the storylines are somewhat written out, and there's different paths that they can go on, but it's like the NFL wants us to have Davis Mills as our starting quarterback, and wants him to develop, and wants him to be the you know that guy moving forward, just because of the situation we're in. Like, what a story! Like, is there a better story in the NFL right now if David Mills turns into a top ten quarterback? Like, honestly, like. Is there a better story in the NFL right now than if Davis Mills turns into a guy you build your team around at the quarterback position for the Houston Texans? I'll wait. I would love to know what the better storyline is in the NFL. Everything that Houston's gone through this year in this offseason, 
Like right. it would almost, I mean, it sounds like a TV series. Like I'd watch exactly. that TV series. That's what I'm saying. Right. So like demolished and trashed for eight months, right? By every, I mean, there was a point where Adam Schefter was tweeting out like edits of Deshaun and other jerseys, like all the, all the stuff coming from Deshaun's camp. Like there was just, it was a, like a mutiny, just, just totally devastating and destroying anything Houston Texans related. And then <laughs> out of nowhere comes third round rookie Davis Mills. And <laughs> just imagine if he is that guy, right? Then, then it's like, okay, <laughs> so all this talk for eight months about Deshaun Watson, where he's going to play and all, he becomes an afterthought, a literal afterthought because the Texans find their starting quarterback for the future. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me because I feel like that's the path it's going to. And it's not based off of necessarily like play or anything like that. It's just, it just seems to be going that way. The narrative, I'm seeing articles about Mills comparing him to other rookies and what he's capable of doing. The Pro Football Network just put out an article about how great Davis Mills is and how he shouldn't be slept on. Um, and it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then. What else is going to be coming? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird. I don't know if I lost John or if John lost or if I lost connection again. Can somebody put in the comments like a like a T for test if you guys can hear me? That way I know if I should continue or if it's just John and I need to refresh my computer. Boom. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, it's going to be very interesting next three weeks. Like I said, I mean, this is, this is kind of what we were hoping for. You want to understand. Thank you, Sergio. Um, you want to understand and have an idea. There we go. There's everybody involved. Appreciate that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what we get from Davis Mills over the next three weeks. You know, I, I do like what I've seen from him talent wise. I, I liked what I saw from him in preseason. Um, I like what I saw from him in Carolina. I think he can only get better at that two minute drive. I think is, is kind of, kind of what, what I feel like you should expect from Davis Mills moving forward. Um, I don't understand where I, everybody says that Davis Mills is bad. I, I, I don't get where that's coming from. I mean, did you did anybody did you guys watch the game or did you just assume he's bad? Uh, I mean, not to shit on anybody else's opinion, but I really don't know where you saw that the quarterback was bad. He went up against he he it was he had he had he had two things going against him. One number one defense in the league. That was blitzing 57% of the time. Okay. And and they also have a defensive line that's extremely athletic and is able to get out to the quarterback on their own. Right. So let's add that. Then two, you had a offensive play caller in Tim Kelly and Pep Hamilton really not formulate a game plan around Davis Mills' strengths. Instead, they said that he would be uh they would basically be um reeling it in, right? So they they were just trying to make it comfortable for Mills. So he had those two things against him. And I, I don't see where you can see that he is bad. Um, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think I think uh, Jair puts it perfectly. Mills has played okay given the circumstances, which is more than what you can expect from a third round rookie against the number one defense in his first start. I guess is why I feel like there's reason to be optimistic. I could be wrong. But I think Jair really puts it perfectly, John. Mills played okay given the circumstances. Yeah, I definitely. What agree else with that. should you expect from a third round rookie? 
he went up against two of the better defenses in the league um, in Cleveland and Carolina. Carolina currently has the number one ranked defense in the league. And he played decently. Like, he played better than you can expect him. I mean, yeah, he may still be a future backup, but he may also be a future starter. Like, you can't make any draw any conclusions at this point. You can't draw the conclusion that he's trash. He may still be trash. You can't draw the conclusion that he's a future star. He may still be a star. Like, all the options are out there on the table. But I do think that he's played decently, which is a positive sign going forward, especially for the teams that he's played against. And see, I think that's the thing for me, and that's exactly right. He wasn't trash, and he wasn't great. <clears throat> and if you take into account who he played and everything he's caught against with you know, a handicapped offense, offensive calling, it's like we really don't know. We like, I guess ultimately that's the point. We really don't know what type of quarterback Davis Mills is. We don't know if he's a guy you should build around. History tells you he won't be. And we don't know if he's just pure trash, like everybody is saying he is. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked much better. Uh, Trevor Mike Lawrence was supposed like, to be the most pro ready. Yeah. Was supposed to be the most pro ready quarterback prospect ever. Like, not. In a few years, like ever coming out of high school, they said he could play in the NFL then that he was the first prospect that legitimately could play in the NFL because of the position he played and the size he already had. Um, Zach he, he is absolutely struggling, absolutely yeah. struggling. And I don't want to hear like the organization sucks. Yeah, we all knew that. We all knew that. Well, right? I was also told that the Texans organization sucked. Like, that's all I heard all offseason. But that, that's what I mean. Like, even even if the organization does suck and he doesn't have a ton of talent around him, um, that talent he has now is better than what he had at Clemson. Um, and, well, I don't know. Wide receiver-wise, probably not. But everything else, right? Um, Justin Fields looks like absolute dog shit. Now, if you want to make and an excuse for anybody, Fields I would say actually probably had a great... Justin Fields. Fields had a great preseason, though. Like yep. here, Here's the thing. Everybody was so high on Justin Fields that he should be starting because of how great his preseason was. So is that more of a reflection of the Cleveland defense or Justin Fields? Right, yeah. I mean, and, and not only that, like Zach Wilson looks like pure trash. Uh, Trey Lance isn't good enough to take Jimmy Garoppolo's spot. Mac Jones had an awful week this week. Jair says Mills has two TDs through one and a half games. Only Trevor Lawrence has more TDs from a rookie quarterback. I mean, the, so I that I guess that's why when people are saying he's he's awful, I I don't know. I guess I'm 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 comparing a third round rookie to the rest of the rookie class, and right now Davis Mills looks like the better quarterback out of everybody, including Trevor Lawrence, and that's just from what we've seen on the field. But all right, so Buffalo Bills this week, John. Um, 16 and a half point favorites are the Buffalo Bills. This will be the third time. Third time? You know, yeah. I've been telling this will be everybody. The third time. I've been telling everybody that the Texans, for every game prior to this, bet on the Texans to cover. Not necessarily yeah. to win, but to at least cover. 100%. This is the first time that I'd actually feel nervous about it. Once the Bills have kind of woken up and look like the Bills from last year. Like, they might be the best team in the AFC. I think the only teams that are better than them are in the NFC. AFC is very weak this year. Well, I take that back. 
I actually think the AFC is pretty strong. It's just new pe- new teams that nobody considered to be competitors this year, right? Like the Steelers have fallen off a cliff. They're not the same. Big Ben doesn't look like any other quarterback. Like doesn't look like a good quarterback anymore. Looks like he's lost it. Um, Baltimore's, hey, yeah, they had they skeaks, you know, great win against the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't look like the normal Chiefs. Um, Sandy, San, Los Angeles Chargers look like they could potentially be a team. The Raiders potentially look like they they could be a team. I'm not buying into Teddy Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos. If you look at who they've played, uh, they're they're going against. If you take all the wins and losses of the three opponents they've played, their opponents are 0 and 9. Um, so they haven't really played anybody this week. You should have learned a little bit more about them. Um, the Titans are the Titans. Like they don't look they they look beatable to me by this Texans team. Um, with Tyrod at quarterback, the Colts are trash. Um, so you got the Bills. I mean, it's pretty much what you got. Maybe the Browns. You know, I, I'm still not buying it's the Browns. The three best teams in the FC, in my opinion, right now are the Bills, the Browns, and the Chargers. Bills, the Browns, Brown- Chargers. Yeah, the Browns and the Chargers. Unknowns. More unknowns. Like the Bills are legitimate. Like they're not going to yeah. fall off a cliff. They're going to be no. good all year. Now yeah. the Chiefs may wake up and be come back, go back to being the Chiefs, but they have more holes than they usually have. And I mean, other than that, like the Ravens, the Ravens just don't look right. I know that they squeaked by, but the Ravens are not the Ravens of, of years past. Dolphins, yeah, the Patriots the, are the, eh. the Raiders aren't good. Let, let's be honest, the Raiders oh. are a mirage. They're gonna fall off a cliff. Like maybe they should. They should, for sure, because it's a John Gruden head coach team, and it's Derek Carr at, or David – no, Derek Carr at quarterback. So, <laughs> um, I mean, there's no reason to think that the Raiders are actually going to be a team, but when you watch that offense play, you're like, huh, interesting. At least that's what I said when I watched them against the Dolphins. I was like, interesting. Well, they just that's throw a, it to the little receiver from Clemson every play. What's his uh, name? Renfro. Renfro, yeah, the guy that looks like he's 40. I mean yeah. that's that that is their offense right now. That, they throw it to him. The Alex, the Alex Caruso of the NFL. Yeah, I mean they just throw it to him every play, dink and dunk. I mean, let's be real. the The Raiders they're going to fall off a cliff. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Uh, it's year four, year three for Gruden, so maybe they get it right. No, year four, year three or four. I don't remember. He's still got like six or seven years left, but uh, and he has, um, and they've already moved on from all but like one or two of their first round picks since he's been there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The Raiders are a mirage. They're going to, th- th- this isn't going to last. But I mean, with the bills, I mean, a 16 and a half point favorite, uh, Carolina was a 10 point favorite. Cleveland was a 12 and a half point favorite. Um, so yeah, I mean, these, these games, I mean, the bills are, I agree with you, John. I think they are the the top tier upper echelon of of the AFC and the NFL. Uh, they have it at every position, uh, both sides of the ball. Um, I, 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 that was those seam routes to the tight end. I'm, I'm going to have I'm going to go crazy because um, I feel like everybody's going to be open on Sunday against the Bills. I, I don't see Lovey making any adjustments to this defense to um, really impact this game in a way that you would need to but uh yeah i mean mean, we just don't have the athletes to actually run lovey smith's defense the way he wants it to be ran we've got 
he's got honestly the defense looks more disciplined and they're playing faster than our past couple of defenses but we don't have the linebacker to really make up some of those scenes or i mean when justin reads out there it he's able to cover more ground but lonnie johnson is i don't know why he keeps going backwards <laughs> like lonnie's got to com- not go so deep back which just make the holes in that zone seem even bigger. When you get better athletes in those types of positions, like the holes in the zone get smaller. Like that's just the, net, the nature of a zone defense. But for the talent that we have out there, especially at linebacker, like I think that Lonnie's done a good job or Lovey Smith has done a good job. We just, we don't have enough. And the Bills are just going to absolutely, like I'm scared of this game. Like I, I'm not looking forward to it. I am looking forward to garbage time where they just let Mills throw because I want to see him when he just goes out there and you know he's going to throw on every down. Because the other thing that I've heard is what if Tim Kelly is just a better offensive coordinator than the other rookie quarterbacks have, which. Yeah, I think uh, that would be also a fair point. I would think the opposite side of of the approach. I don't think garbage time would be just that. I I think they come out throwing the ball, to be honest with you. Um. And I, I think they just come out lining up five, four or five wide and maybe keeping David back there for pass protection, picking up blitzes, things of that nature. Outside of that, I think they're going to try to let the boy, the, the rookie rip it and just kind of see what he has. They have nothing to lose at this point. If they do go down that path, they saw what happened when they don't go down that path. There was That was a winnable game in Carolina. It wasn't like a, a game where um, like it was out, like we were out from you know the first series i mean we went into halftime down one because we missed extra point outside of that like we were in that game so um i'm hoping they. Yeah, my understanding is we should have beat carolina we should have had we had tyrod we would have beat carolina yeah uh, and if tyrod stays healthy against the browns we easily beat the browns yeah so i don't know hopefully we'll see mills rip it early um one thing with like the linebackers, it was nice to see Thomas kind of step into Gruger Hill's role. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he's used in the sense of like covering up that seam. Lonnie last week, a lot of people are making a lot about him playing back and playing far off. He did, but they played him in single safety almost like 75% of the time last week. So I, I really think like, that was the first time he's ever played like by himself, single high safety. Um, and I, I think he was just like, let me make sure nothing gets past me. Um, so maybe he got in his own head a little bit. But, um, you know, I think that was a lot to ask for Lonnie, considering, you know, this is first year, first real, you know, offseason with playing safety and things of that nature. No Justin on the other side. It was just him and Murray. So, uh, or not Murray. Um, oh, the other guy, I totally forgot his name. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see against the Bills. You know, the Bills can pick you apart in so many different ways. They have skill players. They have running backs. They have a pretty good offensive line. Um, I, I think you know. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them eat us up on the ground. Uh, very similar to what happened in Cleveland. Um, but you know, really for me, I'm more excited to see like what are we going to do with Davis? Are we going to let him play? Are we really going to let him rip it? You know, and, and, and get him comfortable because when he was comfortable, he looked a lot better than when he was kind of you know, put in those situations where it's third and long. I just don't know what you expected from him when you're putting your quarterback in that position. I mean, there, there was even a time where it was like third and 16 and we ran a draw with David Johnson. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't expect to win this game, but 
I can't expect to lose every game. Um, and this will be a four-game losing streak because I don't think we're beating the Pats. Um, but then it softens up after that, and there's still uh, it's still a honestly a winnable division. You've only played one division game at that point. You're going to go against the Colts. You should be able to win that game. Tyrod could potentially be back. Um, and then who knows? He's still got two games against the Titans, another game against the Jags, and another game against the Colts again. So, um, you know, that that right there is potentially five wins. Jags aren't beating you. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, trade deadline is going to be approaching soon, too. I mean, are we thinking that uh, we think of the boys going to be traded to Miami? I mean, apparently the rumor is the Texans have softened their stance, which to me makes little to no sense. But that that's what the rumor is. Granted, I'd like to point out that um, – shoot, what's his name? The guy that put it out there. Shoot. Uh, with Fox. He was the one that um, – Jay Glazer. Yeah. I mean, he was the one that – he knew when when Deshaun was in the bus with, with the busted ribs. Like, he broke that story. I've said it before when he's broke things. He obviously has somebody within uh, Deshaun's camp that he's close with. Or okay. they – Yeah. So, yeah. in my mind, with them saying that the Texans have softened their stance on, on trade packages, I think that that's actually Deshaun's camp trying to get things stirred up. Um, I don't think that the – it doesn't make any sense in my mind if I'm Nick Casario to have waited this long to to ease up on what my asking price is. Yeah, I wonder if it kind of – if it potentially came from the Texans camp too in the sense of like trying to get other bidders out there. Like we know Miami's competing for him, right? We know Miami wants him. Um, it was very interesting today that uh, – I don't know if anybody saw this. It kind of snuck under the radar. I didn't see it mentioned on the timeline, but uh, athletes first merged <clears throat> with another a- uh, agency company. They basically took on uh, four other agents, and it was a big deal. Tom Pilicario and Ian Rappaport retweeted it out, and one of the agents represents Brian Flores. Um, so I, I thought that was a very interesting thing to me. I'm not going to put a lot of thought into it. I'm not going to put my conspiracy cap on and and say that you know this is playing a part into what's happening. But I do wonder if Nick is the one that leaked that info just so that they can get other parties bidding on the services of Deshaun Watson, right? Because there's been there's now two teams that have kind of entered the area of needing a franchise quarterback that weren't there in the off season for sure. Right. Atlanta is one Matt Ryan's not getting any younger and hometown for, for not necessarily hometown, but close enough for, for Deshaun. I mean, hometown technically where he was from, but not Clemson and stuff like that. But, uh, and then you got the giants who are going to have to give up on Daniel Jones at some point. Um, and there's going to be more right. Pittsburgh. They, they're seeing exactly what's going on with Ben. Uh, Philly saw exactly what they got and Jalen Hurts. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I didn't know that we play the Dolphins the week of the trade deadline. That's crazy. <laughs> of course. See, I mean, what I'm, do you see this? 
this goes back to the storylines. I was, do you, you know? see this? They're like written, dude. They are like produced in the offseason. It just, it, the way it lines up is absolutely nice. Davis Mills versus Deshaun Watson. Deshaun with one week to prep. Think of, I mean, come on, dude. Could you, could you write a better storyline going into whatever week that is, week eight? That, yeah. <laughs> wow. That, that is actually, I mean, yeah, that, that would be absolutely something else. Yeah. I don't know. All right. We got seven minutes, John. Predictions for the game. I don't need scores, but let's go win loss. Let's talk about, you know, your keys to the game. If the, let's, let's do this first. If the Texans do were to beat the Bills, what would need to happen? The Bills get lost on the way to the stadium. <laughs> Funny guy. You should be on 790. I mean, no, like they're not beating the Bills this weekend. Okay, so it's a it's a surefire they can't yeah, beat them no they're, matter what they're, happens. We're gonna be one and three. It's it's not so there's no chance. Yeah, is what you're saying. I mean, this is the only game I've felt like this. I with the Browns, we should have won it. We really should be rolling in. Um we really should be running rolling into this game at three and oh, and this would be our first loss. But, you know, football gods haven't smiled upon us in that manner. Uh, the Bills, they're just too good at this point. Like, I can't – I cannot see a scenario where we beat the Bills this weekend. Like, maybe if it was a little bit deeper into the season and both teams were dealing with a little bit with more injuries, maybe, maybe if we had – maybe if Tyrod was going and he still was just – and he was still playing on fire, maybe. But a rookie quarterback against that defense that's that's big and it that's big and fast, there's a reason. And what that offense is capable of doing, like I'm just I'm not confident at all. Okay, well, I'm here to give some optimistic approaches. <laughs> I'm gonna do what I can. So here's what I if the Texans were to beat the Bills, here's how I think they would do it. Or if they are to do it, here's what I think they could do to do it. I think potentially get the run game going. It's it's been two weeks since we really seen that week one run game. Um, you know, maybe get all three guys going. Maybe give Scotty Phillips a chance to run, even though David Coley said there was no chance that the rookie would, or that the undrafted guy would would get a shot. Um, <clears throat> he's just there for special teams. Uh, but get the ground game going. Uh, get Mark Ingram going early and often. Uh, let's get David and, and Philip Lindsay involved in the passing game. Uh, and then let's start to set up Davis on some successful, um, some successful plays, right? Let's put him in a position to succeed. Let's not have him lined up at third and 18 and expect him to pull off Deshaun Watson type stuff. Um, that's out the window. Those are gone. Let's put him in manageable situations and see what we can get out of them. Let's come out early with some play action stuff um, and see if we can maybe get him comfortable in the passing game early. He loves Brandon Cooks. Uh, Farrell Brown had a terrible game against Carolina, uh, specifically on the first drive, and then he also had a couple drops. Um, let's see if we can get Farrell Bre- uh, Brown back. Um, and let's just, like, I think that could be a way, if we could shut down the run and force Josh Allen to have to throw the entire game, I do think that's another way to beat him, is Josh Allen isn't a volume thrower. Um, he, he does need the run to really set up everything else that he does. Um, 
And <clears throat> yeah, I think that's how the Texans could potentially win is, you know, they get outer body experience from Davis Mills. Uh, he, he's a guy that we, <laughs> we didn't expect him to be. Um, and, uh, and, and the Texans beat the bills. I mean, I would love for that to happen. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not rooting for the Texans to lose. Are you sure about that? I'm sure about that. Um, but I just, I, I can't see it. But it, it is the NFL. Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have absolutely have happened. Crazier things have happened. Um, all right. Uh, what else we got, John? Anything else we need to really talk about? I don't think there's anything else, like, newsworthy. Um, I mean, we talked about. We talked about uh, the potential Deshaun trade. Um, for the first time, there was no Jack Easterby comments in the in the live chat. That's cool. Um, anything else, John? Defensive line. You want to talk about Charles Minhe being trash and uh, Ross Blacklock turning into a player? Yeah, I mean Ross Blacklock. There was a reason why he was drafted in the position he was. Like he always had the potential. Uh, last year when they tried to make him a nose tackle, um, that was weird because that's not the type of player he is. This year he gets to actually play to his strengths and not worry about gap control. So, yeah, he's turning into the player that we kind of thought he would be. Um, jo- Jonathan Grenard, another guy? Mm-hmm. Grenard, um, Jordan, Texans Thoughts, actually absolutely called him being a quality player. And, I mean, he looks like he's really good. Uh, merciless being our sack leader, um, Toby McGuire's throwing that out there. I mean, cause of course, cause why not? Um, Jacob Martin still needs more sat or more snaps, even though, um, the, even though the Panthers were attacking him, um, they decided to get him when he was being over aggressive and then they attacked him again when he was being conservative. So he was getting spun around, but those are kind of those things that just kind of happen when you don't play enough. Um, and Jacob Martin just needs to play more. Yeah, I think the, the 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 biggest things to take away from the Carolina game that we really didn't talk about on the defensive side of the ball was the fact that Grenard and Blacklock showed up lots of times on, on tape. Um, Blacklock specifically, I mean, Grenard showed up with you know with the strip sack and things of that nature, and Grenard looks like a guy that's starting to develop and getting a little playing time, given that he was inactive for the first <clears throat> uh, two weeks of the season. So let's hope that we can see more from Grenard. But Blacklock looks like a guy that is just getting better week on as the weeks go on and it's putting a lot of good tape together. So it'd be awesome to walk out of the season knowing that we hit on both Grenard and, um, and Ross Blacklock moving forward, because those are two pieces that you could start to build the defense around. Um, and then obviously you have Justin Reed who potentially, you know, depending on where we're at, what we have at quarterback, you know, what we get back from um, the Deshaun trade, uh, you know, you'll have a better understanding on what the rebuild looks like. I, I agree. Cutting Zach Cunningham looks like complete ass. There's really no other way around it. Um, I, I wish that we traded him in the offseason when there was some value because I don't know if there's any value now. Um, and he, he just looks completely lost. Um, yeah. Completely he lost. is struggling with the system. Like, he looks like he's overthinking everything. Like, he just doesn't know what he's doing out there. And, yeah, you're right. They knew he wasn't going to be a fit for the system, even though he was one of our better players. He, they should have moved on for him. Um, but they didn't. We're stuck with him. And I know we said it a little bit um, earlier. Brandon Cooks, I mean, it seems like he's been around forever. 
but hopefully we keep him around for a little while because he's still young. Yeah, like, he still is really young, and he is really good. Yeah, I was talking. You know, I, I remember saying like everybody's kind of tradable. I don't know if if Brandon Cooks is a tradable asset at this point. Um, <clears throat> whether it's Tyrod or Davis Mills, it really doesn't matter. They need some camaraderie. They need some chemistry. They need some consistency in the offense. And right now, the only consistent thing we have in the offense is Brandon Cooks. I, I really don't see, unless somebody comes with a first-round pick, uh, Brandon Cooks being traded. And uh, I, I'd like to keep him around just to kind of give Tyrod and, and, and Davis uh, a weapon to be familiar with because once you take Cooks off this team, um, there's just a bunch of guys. Uh, you know, Sure, Nico's coming back, but he's still a third-run rookie. Um Anthony Miller looks like he he's potentially turning into something. Your first game action against Carolina looked good. Had some chemistry with uh, had some chemistry and also didn't have some chemistry with Davis Mills. There was a miscommunication on the post uh, when he broke out. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see a scenario where we trade uh, Brandon Cooks. And yeah, you're right, Greg. Like I can't trade Tunsil at this point either unless you have another guy that you feel comfortable at uh, left tackle. Um, but then again, at the same time, if, if Davis Mills doesn't you know, develop and you think that he's somebody you might be able to build the team around, um, you have to wonder if trading Tunsil kind of helps that rebuild a little bit quicker too, based on what you could potentially get for a top five left tackle. So um, we're, we're so early on that who knows what, injuries happen in the league and things of that nature to where, you know, there's a market for almost anybody. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I really look forward to the bills game. I look forward. I, I've looked forward to every game this year. It's really been interesting to like watch. Um, you know, I think the, 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 the way that we beat the Jags, I think gave the fan base some hope into being competitive. And then the way that the first half went against both Carolina and Cleveland, I think kind of made everybody a little bit more optimistic than, than what they were coming into the season, which is really all we can ask for at this point. Yeah, and I mean, you can trade Tunsil because I think you can slide slide Howard over from left guard to left tackle. Yeah. And that may be part of the reason why he's playing left guard is to get him used to playing on the left side in case that's something that goes forward. Because, I mean, right now that offensive line is a veteran offensive line that is made to protect a veteran quarterback. Um, so if they decide that they want to go a little bit younger on the line, uh, you still have Howard who, I mean, looked really good at right tackle. So I can imagine he can play left tackle, but there's, there, it is a lot harder to play on the opposite side of the opposite side of the line than you're used to. So a year at left guard, maybe get some, get some use to that. And that way Tunsil is potentially tradable next off season if necessary. But if we luck into it and Mills looks like he's going to be the quarterback that we're going to go with, then you keep that line together. Or if it looks like we're going to go continue with Tyrod, then you keep that line together. But if we're going to draft a younger quarterback, you could probably move on from Tunsil. Toby McGuire asks, biggest surprise so far this season? I'll go first. I think uh, I think the David Coley experiment so far, I think it's probably the biggest surprise for a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people expected Coley to come in here and kind of win over the locker room the way that he has. Um, I don't think people expected David Coley to come in here and, and rally the locker room to compete on a snap-by-snap basis. Um, and uh, I don't think a lot of people expected him to, you know, have the transparency that he has. And uh, I think he's been a pretty good hire. He, he's a good hire for exactly where we're at and what we're going through. 
And uh, I don't think anybody expected that to be the case. So I would say the biggest surprise for me would be so far this season is David Coley, the David Coley experience. Um, John, what about you? What's the biggest surprise for you so far this season? Um, minus the first half against uh, the Panthers, um, Tim Kelly having one of the most innovative offenses in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was surprised by that jump. Like he's not a Bill O'Brien retread, but he did remember how to be a Bill O'Brien retread, you know, first half against Carolina. Throw that out though. He's been a big surprise. Like, cause I honestly thought that they should have moved on from him, but now I'm glad to be wrong on that point. Like I'm glad that Tim Kelly is the offensive coordinator here. Yep. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, Bills, Texans this Sunday at 12 in Texas. If you're in the Easter time, it'll be on at 11 p.m., 11 a.m. And if you're on the West, it'll be on at 10 a.m. Uh, should be an interesting game. We'll see. Should have a lot to take away from it um, and be excited to talk about it with you guys next week. Uh, for, with that being said, uh, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. John and I will catch you guys next week.